Are you coping okay? Are you lonely? We heard some people may be lonely. And now we're in the thick of it, aren't we? And I think there was a study done a couple of days ago that half of Canadians say that they feel it. And I began the show and I talked about running into a neighbor of mine and it's been haunting me ever since because I just said, how are you? And she said, I'm not very good and I live alone. I don't want to do this anymore. And I, and she was trembling and it hit me that now the cause and now we're seeing the effect. We are animals. We're herd animals. We need each other, and we are so arrogant with our technology these days. We think that could just about fix everything. Well, can it as this lockdown continues? What about seniors? What about those who choose to live alone, and they've been so upfront about it? I enjoy it, they say. But how do they enjoy it now? There is no touch, and humans need touch, all of these things. I would like to welcome psychiatrist Marcia Serrata, who is joining us. Marcia, welcome. Thank you very much, Arlene. So we were all warned, and this is your line of business, and now here we are. Marcia, are, are there people who are really lonely now out there? Yes, I, I think that study is very accurate, and maybe even there are more people than they've, than they've caught because it was a small sample size. But I think that, like you were saying, you know, we're, we're herd animals, we need touch, we need human contact, we need to be in the presence of other people. It's good for our emotional well-being and our physical well-being. So I think that with the restrictions in place, it's, it's very hard for many of us. What are the signs of human loneliness? How do they present themselves? I think it's different in different groups, and I think that uh, with younger, healthier, more robust people, it can be sadness, it could be irritability, it could be stress, anxiety, even depression. But when you get to an older group, you can really start having quite significant uh, effects. For example, they can become cognitively uh, confused, or they can even become delirious because the stress of loneliness can can give them, you know, real mental cognitive symptoms. So we really have to be on the lookout for those kinds of things. And we were all, I mean, heartbreaking pictures we all saw as a country of people peering in the windows and not being able to get near their family, their mothers, their fathers, their aunts, and their uncles. Marcia, can technology fix this? Is Zoom good enough? Is picking up the phone good enough? Or at the end of the day, do we need to touch? I have two little dogs, and sometimes I just see that they need to be touching each other, and we're herd animals like dogs. <laughs> so can we get by with technology? Well, it's it's the best we can do right now. It's obviously not ideal, but we have to try to find that compromise because you know, we, we always have to balance our physical needs for safety right now with our emotional and mental health mm-hmm. needs. And so, you know, how, how much are we going to push it, and especially as things start opening up? You know, obviously, we're not going to do well if, we're, if we become so lonely that we get suicidal. So that's not good for our physical well-being. But on the other hand, we don't want to take any unnecessary risks and put ourselves or our loved ones in harm's way. So it's, it's a difficult question, you know, but I, I can tell you that there is no replacement for actual touch. 
You know, we do need that physical contact. And so, you know, there are things that we can do for ourselves. It's not the same, but it's at least a little bit of a substitute. For example, we can give ourselves a foot massage or rub hand cream onto ourselves or or put cream on our face or brush our hair or take a bubble bath. Any kind of thing that makes us feel like we're having a little bit of, you know, physical nurturing, self-nurturing. And if we have pets, Patting our pets is actually really good. They've done surveys and studies where they they take cardiac patients after heart attack and they have them pat pets and they actually have a better survival rate after heart surgery. So if we have pets, that touch uh, element is going to be, um, you know, there. But if we don't have anyone to touch, then, you know, massage our own feet or take a bubble bath, something where we can have at least some kind of physical experience because it's going to release those endorphins and those oxytocin hormones, which are well, well-being hormones, and they're going to be good for our emotional and physical health. You know, the people who design technology know about this primitive need, and that's why they have likes and, you know, people get addicted to it and they feel loved and wanted and paid attention to, and I got this many retweets and this many likes. Does that work or is that fast food when it comes to loneliness? That's exactly fast food because they both, both fast food and those kinds of likes trigger our dopamine center in our brain, which are the pleasure centers, but they're not Mm -hmm. the well-being centers. You know, more dopamine doesn't lead to a sense of satisfaction and peace and and emotional well-being. It leads to actually more cravings. So the more likes we get, the more likes we crave. And so we have to understand the difference between pleasure and happiness and between pleasure and well-being. And triggering the dopamine system and and inducing more cravings is not what we need right now. What we need is deep satisfaction, and, and we also need meaning and purpose. So the other thing we can do if we're not getting enough physical touch is we can have more meaning and more purpose in life. So, for example, that neighbor you spoke about who's struggling, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have a, a, you know, a social distancing walk with her, right? You Mm -hmm. can, you can go for a walk with her or you can sit six feet away and have a conversation with her, right? You can have some social contact without social touch. And that way, at least there's, you're in each other's presence. And although there's no touch, there's still that release of those bonding hormones because, being in the vicinity of another human being is really very good for us. So I would recommend that, you know, and also doing for others is going to make us feel better. You know, they've done so many studies where it shows that generosity makes us happier than receiving. So if we can go and visit somebody who's lonely, it will also help our emotional wellness. What are you looking for? You know, can there be long-term damage to societies from these things? I mean, I'm thinking of those who go away to war. And for many years, people thought they just came back. And certainly after the Second World War, they didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about the atrocities. And then now we learn PTSD, and that's wrong. Could we have, is there a PTSD from being separate from other humans? I, I certainly think there's some kind of stress reaction. Uh, PTSD, by, di- by definition, is something where you feel like you're experiencing something life-threatening or witnessing something life-threatening. But I think we can certainly have something called an acute stress reaction or a long-term stress reaction where, you know, that chronic loneliness really does lead to some mental health impairment. And I, I think that we're, 
you know, we're only going to know at the end of it really what the consequences are, but I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some negative consequences because they're even seeing it now. Because in some people, loneliness leads to despair and depression and suicidality, but in some people, the loneliness leads to hostility and aggression and acting out towards the people that they're living with. So, you know, there's more child abuse right now. There's more spousal abuse right now. There's more addiction. Opiate addiction has gone up. Alcohol abuse has gone up. So that loneliness and that stress of being isolated or just with the same people day in, day out, Um, you know, people who tend to externalize are going to be more aggressive and people who tend to internalize are going to be more maybe self-destructive or despairing. So these are things that we're going to be studying, I think, for a long time to come. And and I think it's going to be a very challenging time, uh, both, you know, for our society as as an entity and for, for the people who live in our society. Let me ask you, professionally, what are you looking for? That we've never had this opportunity to be separated like this. What are you watching for? Well, I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching for people who internalize and who become depressed and anxious and and, uh, self-destructive, so they get involved in self-destructive addictions or, you know, even self-harming behaviors. And I'm watching for externalizers, so people who become more irritable, more short-tempered, more impatient with the people that they're around. You know, people who are getting into fights in the grocery store, people who are yelling at each other or spitting at each other on the streets because the stress is getting to them, and so they externalize. So I'm really looking at these two different but but similar kinds of reactions to the kind of stress that we're undergoing. And, and uh, you know, it could get worse. Look, people have been buying up guns in the United States in, in anticipation of something. And if the stress gets really bad, you know, it makes you wonder what's going to come. So it's it's a very concerning time because I think that loneliness is a the kind of stress on the mental health that we have underestimated. And I think that as the months progress, um, we're going to start to see really, you know, what the implications are. It is. And look at what a mess we are. I mean, you know, people losing their jobs. As you just say, you add it all up. Mm. And I don't know whether I say it's a good time to be a psychiatrist. It's a challenging time to have this all on your plate, Marcia. Well, I, I feel very grateful for the opportunity to offer help to those who need it. You know, it's uh, mental health does not get a lot of uh, recognition as an important service in the community. And I think that people are starting to understand just how important it is. And I feel like everyone in the mental health field is in a wonderful position right now to really demonstrate how important mental health is and how important mental health help is. And I'm, like I said, I'm grateful to be able to offer help as much as I can in this time. And there you go. And practicing what you preach, feeling rewarded is a is a big part of this. Marcia Serrata, psychiatrist. Thank you, Marcia. We appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure.